Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest, Tag team wrestlers of all time. Bully Ray and I talked to Killer Cross, formerly Karrion Cross in NXT and on Monday Night Raw. He talks about his WWE release, talks about his life in NXT, and what life is going to be like with his future in pro wrestling. Right now on the Busted Open Podcast. And I'm really looking forward, Bully, to talk to Killer Cross. Uh, just to see not only about the past and what's happened over the last year, but also the future and what's next for him in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, this is one guy that we've been waiting to talk to for a while. Happy he's coming on. Got a lot of questions for him. And, and, and we, we're talking about details with Matt Hardy. I definitely want to get into some details with uh, Killer Cross. And it's, it's funny, him and I have, you know, always kept in touch and we've always talked, but I, I haven't spoken to him, you know, obviously publicly since before him going to the WWE. WWE is very guarded with guests and things like that. It's just, uh, you know, and it was just never had the opportunity, Bully, to get to talk to him while he was in the WWE. And it would have been all positive because when you look at what he was able to do in NXT, Bully, I mean... I mean, could you think of somebody that had more success than he did in NXT for that short period of time? They they built a great character with a great entrance, with a great aura. Um, we thought the sky was the limit for this guy. He looked like a guy that Vince McMahon would want on his roster. Everything that we thought would happen didn't happen. Something went wrong. Now, I know, I know Killer Cross has been on maybe one or two other shows and discuss this, but I haven't heard these interviews and I'm no. sorry if some of the stuff might be redundant, but I, I want to know what went wrong. I also want to know what responsibility he takes in things going wrong. Things are very 50 50 in pro wrestling. We could sit here. We could blame creative or we could blame this person or that person, but what did you do to send this down the wrong track? And maybe his answer is nothing. I did nothing wrong. I did everything that they asked me to do, and I did it to the best of my ability. 
But somewhere along the way, in Vince's eyes, something went wrong. And 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 bully and and please correct me if I'm wrong. This is just from the outside looking in as a fan. It looks like AEW right now is grabbing a lot of wrestlers because they know they're talented and that the fans want to see them, so they'll bring them in. I feel like almost like in the world of the WWE bully, it's like, hey, this is what we're looking at, and if you don't fit that mold for that time period, then we we, we can't use you. Like, they're not going to change things for you. You kind of have to change things for them. Am I off by saying that? I go back to the analogy of God. God created man in his image and Vince McMahon has to create you in his image. And that's just the way it is. And Vince can wake up one morning and decide you don't fit that image anymore. Take care, brush your hair, have a nice day. Your future endeavored. Well, let's bring the man in now. And somebody that I've been following his career for a very long time was actually a guest on busted open at our WrestleMania show all the way back at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, Texas. Let's bring the man in. And Killer Cross joins us here on Busted Open. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? It's been a while, man. It's I, I mean, since the last time we spoke, I mean, your world has gone in so many different directions, huh? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess so. How do you summarize that? <laughs> it's it's hard. We're gonna try. We're gonna try. So, first and foremost, how like right now on this in this moment on this day, how you doing? And how's everything going? Honestly, everything is great. Um, you know, I, I I appreciate all the fan support, and I'm glad that people are still uh, interested to see what I'm going to be doing next. And um, I'm, I'm not much of a fatalist, man. I think honestly, I think people took it a lot uh, a lot worse than I than I did. Which again, it's it's flattering, you know what I mean? People to be emotionally invested in and so forth. But honestly, we're doing great. We're very excited to be free agents. Um, we like to create things. We like to be involved with art, and um, we love pro wrestling. And there's a lot of it out there, and there's a lot of opportunities. And me personally, I can't wait until uh, February second when I can start uh, getting back on television, hitting the road, and doing crazy stuff. And she had a thirty day, so she uh, she hit the road immediately, and. Um, we're good. Everything was good. Obviously, when you say she, we're talking about your wife, Scarlett Bardot. Um, yep. So and you guys have so much to look forward to getting back out there. Like you said, you mentioned that wrestling fans took this a lot worse than you did. Uh, to us, it seemed it seemed like a very big deal because especially with me and Dave, such high hopes for you, the character, your wife, along with you, everything that we saw. We, we thought was tailor-made for the big stage. Why was this not as big of a deal to you when the end finally came? Because we had faith that the audience was smartened up enough when they were watching it to know that this wasn't necessarily um, our own doing of a misstep. We have had a history with the fans for many years. They know our style. They know that we know what they want to see out of us. And we've been giving it to them for years. And we thought when we were given this idea initially that people would be able to see through it and be able to see that this is something that was given to us. And uh, we don't mean, I don't mean this in a pretentious way and she won't mind that I'm speaking for her on the subject, but we know what fans want to see. So we've never had a problem getting over it. We knew that once this phase was, was done or it wound up expanding into something that we were hoping would work, 
we'd be able to just go back to giving fans what they wanted out of us. We just knew it was going to be a phase. And um, that's what I feel like we are approaching right now is the ability to go back out there again and to be able to show people, hey, we are exactly who you think we were and um, we're ready to rock and roll. Talk about day one on Monday Night Raw. If you can remember, if there's any details that went through your mind, how was dealing with, quote unquote, the main roster different than NXT? And then ease us into the day they handed you your new gear or your new mask. What was going through your mind? Were you fearful? Did you know that something was about to go wrong? Well, it was... uh... It was actually my birthday. It was July nineteenth when I went up on uh, when I went up on Raw, and you know I was I was hopeful and I was excited to be there. People forget, you know, I was performing in front of literally nobody during the pandemic. So to be in a building with that many people, I was pumped. I was very excited, very enthusiastic, and it's important to understand that the business of the night is not always exactly about you. That's just the way it is. And I thought that I was given basically a piece of business that night that um, may have not exactly been about me without getting any more details other than the fact that I was going to be going under. And I was okay with that. People forget too. They gave me a death run where I killed everybody clean in NXT for over a year. I hadn't even lost yet. So to put somebody over for me personally, it's not a big deal. Even on my debut, I was like, you know what? This, this company has been wonderful to me. Whatever they want, I'll do it. That's no problem. That's the place I was coming from. Um, to be able to work with Jeff, I've said it before, that's an honor. And I was just hoping that it was going to be a long-term program. My um, new Extreme Rules was coming around the corner. So I was in the process of being given all of this information. I was hoping that I was going to get something long-term with Jeff. And um, But I mean, uh, showing up and not getting the vignettes uh, as a total surprise, um, not letting anybody know weeks before that I was going to be coming in the manner that we could have really optimized attention for this character on NXT going over to Raw. I was concerned about that. It, something felt off, if I, if I could be frank about that. And then um, when I got the outfit designs in the email, you know, I, I just knew that people were going to look at that and just roll their eyes and be up in arms about it. But my hope was like, okay, well, I'm going to be compliant. I'm going to be cool. I'm going to do my best to get this over. I'll look at it as a challenge. Obviously, there is some, to me, it was obvious, I thought at the time at least, that there was enthusiasm about getting this outfit on me and creating this new expanded version of the character. So I just thought to myself, they're probably very crazy about this. So let me indulge them with this, give it my best shot, and see what they want to do with it. And this is, this is where we're at. I tried to be cool about it and, and just do my best with it. And it didn't turn out exactly how I th- was thinking it was going to turn out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Did you almost get caught in the crossfire? And let me explain it this way. Obviously... NXT was in transition and obviously it's a completely different product than the one that you were a part of just a few months ago. You were, uh, as you said, undefeated. You were killing everybody main event or you were the NXT champion. You were still holding that NXT championship when you debuted on Monday night raw. Did you feel like you almost got caught in this, whatever it was between NXT and the main roster at that point? I really didn't understand what was going on. I just, I just felt that something, um, just a, a series of things just felt off things that I had mentioned. It just felt really off. Um, my, my, my biggest concern at the time, and I, I haven't said this yet publicly, but my biggest concern at the time was like all of the guys in my locker room, um, in NXT and the producers and the agents and all of the people that I would consider my bosses at NXT. I really wanted to make sure that I represented NXT correctly going up to the main roster. Because I, I did hear things where people were like, oh, people coming up from NXT, they don't have this or they don't have that or they're a specific way. I wanted to go up there and I wanted to demonstrate as much professionalism as I possibly could. And I didn't want to go up there with people who had put their names on me for over a year and a half, go up there and give anyone any sort of ammunition to be like, I can't believe people actually invested in this kid. You know what I mean? I can't believe that people actually uh, provided him with these opportunities to showcase whatever, whatever. So I really tried to go up there and be mindful of etiquette and professionalism and stuff like that. And that's where my mind was at at the time. I wasn't even thinking about any of this stuff when I was going up there. I just wanted to show up there and and demonstrate professionalism. Did you have a chance in your time on the main roster to establish any type of relationship with Vince? And what were your conversations like if you did? Not necessarily, but he always made himself available to me. Like I would be able to, you know, knock on his door and go in and talk to him about anything. But the information that he had given me um, about what he wanted from me was usually at Gorilla at the end of the matches. And the information that I needed in, in order to be this character was given to me from writers and agents and producers and stuff like that, which wasn't really very much information, unfortunately. 
So let's forget about what the writers and agents told you. Let's focus on what Vince told you. Did you understand what Vince wanted? And do you feel like you were able to go out there and execute his vision? He told me he was very happy with everything that I was doing. And in terms of bringing a character to life, aside from the outfit, I mean, I wasn't really given very much direction. So I just continued to do what I had been doing at NXT in terms of uh, that presentation that we were seeing, which unfortunately felt like it was amputated because Scarlett was still singing the music. She wasn't there. And then there were still remnants of things that we did with this NXT thing, but no explanation as to why the character was wearing a helmet or suspenders or anything. So. so one of the things that me and Dave were talking about before you came on is, you know, in wrestling, it's very easy to pass the heat, to point the finger. They did this wrong or they screwed me over, yada, yada. It's always 50-50. The boys are most of the time as responsible, as creative. Where did they go wrong with you? And where did you go wrong with them? Well, I'll take the onus and say right off the bat, I went wrong with this in retrospect, maybe perhaps being too overcompliant. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the outfit. Now, I will say, I felt comfortable wearing it. Um, I knew it looked a little silly. But uh, like I said, from my point of view at the time, I wanted to embrace these ideas that were being given to me because I am, you know, people previously had embraced the ideas that I had given to them. It was a collaboration always. And I, I just wanted to demonstrate that at the time, right? So I probably should have, you know, said no. And I probably should have tried to sell them on what we had created and what we had done in NXT and say, I really believe that we should have stayed the course of this. Fans are invested in this. The moment we walked out there uh, with that presentation we did at NXT, people online, and it was the only time to gauge what we had. We didn't have a crowd. The people online were saying they wanted to see that at WrestleMania. And I really should have attempted to assert myself with that idea. Um, respectfully, where I think they went wrong uh, with us was not providing the audience with a little bit more continuity and an explanation as to what was going on because people checked out uh, emotionally from what they were watching because they didn't have an explanation as to what was going on. And, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the written world of fiction, we can come up with any reason whatsoever, as long as it's logical and respectful to their intelligence watching as to why things are off or why things are different. And week to week, they never got that. So they checked out and it be, they just got into analytical mode rather than enjoying the story taking in what we were doing and getting into what we were putting ourselves through they kind of just sat there like this going what is going on and that's the worst thing you could possibly want in wrestling when they're no longer attached emotionally to what's going on they're dead in the water and it's very difficult to get them out of that in a television format and it's frustrating too because NXT is not a show that's just on the WWE network for an hour once a week. NXT at that time was live on USA Cable Network. So a big chunk of the audience that would watch you on Raw did know your character and who you were from watching NXT. So right away they were extremely disappointed. Bully, we could tell them now, like that next day after that Monday Night Raw, you and I were on and uh, we, from that entire three hours, our lines were filled with people saying, you know, what the hell's going on here? So I think you're right. I think almost immediately because of the change of look, and, and honestly, I'll say it as a fan, because you lost, 
because you had that undefeated streak. It didn't look good because you were still the NXT champion. I think people like got turned off almost immediately from watching you on Raw. Yep, I felt that too. I even felt it live the following week. You could feel it in the building. I mean, it was it was there. Did you ever feel like you were being tested? Yeah, I did for sure. And there was a there was a lot of people. I won't throw them under the bus, but there was a lot of people that had been with the company for a long time that were just telling me not to sell anything. And, um, you know, I said, yeah, I mean, no problem. Business is business. And, you know, we'll get through it. Whatever they need to see out of me, whatever I need to demonstrate, whatever. I mean, we're good to go. I mean, it's not bad advice because you're not supposed to sell anything. You're, you're actually not supposed to care. But on the other hand, the squeaky wheel always gets the oil, which kind of goes to what you were saying of maybe you should not have been, you know, so compliant um, at first. No, but it, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because Bully, while it was going on and you and I were doing this show, you were saying that you thought in your mind that it was a test. Let's see how he's going to be able to react and what his attitude's going to be. Obviously, from everything we're hearing, his attitude was great, and he and he no sold everything. He took veterans' advice, but his one regret is not being the squeaky wheel. So it's almost like you know, what do you do in that situation? You know, there's there's part of there's people telling you, hey, just go with it, do it with a smile on your face, and move on. And then the regret is not speaking up and not giving your peace at the time. Is there is there a right or wrong answer then? Hard to say. I there are two things to this. The first thing I will say is I did uh, at a point, I believe it was the second week of the outfit, I did speak with uh, management and I did tell them, I said, Look, I'm saying this out of uh, professionalism and respect based on the reactions from last week, which are measurable through social media um, and the live reaction as well. This is not being received well. So Respectfully, I do believe we should attempt to change course with this before it's too late, or we could attempt to develop some sort of narrative that we can put on television where we can connect what I was doing in NXT versus what I'm doing here because people don't understand what's going on. And um, I was just to paraphrase, I was told to just stay the course, which I thought at the time was crazy. I thought that that was crazy. I did speak up very early. But in a respectful manner, I never walked in anybody's office or told somebody, I'm not doing this. It was nothing like that at all. I just said, look, I want to be a return as an investment. And if I can't do that, I'm going to be out of here. I know how this works. And so the course that we're on right now, we're about to go off a cliff. So I, I did make that very clear. And the other thing, too, was my concern at the time was, you know, I have a, I have a family and I want to make sure everyone is taken care of. I'd like to, to be that son, you know, in the family and to be fired under a context or released or whatever, that this guy was unprofessional, was a mark for himself, didn't want to do good business. They gave him all these opportunities and they asked him to do one thing and he wouldn't do it. You know, I didn't want that to be a part of my history. I would rather be given something that didn't work out and people know that it didn't come from, from me and I gave it my all than to be known as someone who's unprofessional and wouldn't do business. And that was just an unfortunate situation, how I perceived it at least. Um, that I that I was in. I didn't want to be. I don't. I don't. I didn't know what what the national economy was like. You know, it's still in a state of recovery. What it would be like to be out there and go get a job. I didn't know that things were going to be as fruitful as they are on this end. I had no idea. And plus, look, I said, you know, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but it's still very disparaging. It's very upsetting, disappointing to be to be released. You know, we we wanted to be there. We absolutely did. Uh, I won't play that down. But 
that's kind of what was going on in my head at the time, observing the whole field. You knew this was wrong. Fans knew this was wrong. Me and Dave knew this was wrong. Did you get a phone call from any of the higher ups at NXT telling you this was wrong? Uh, many people expressed that they thought this was messed up to me. Um, people that had, that had been around for a very long time. Yeah. So if it was messed up, why do you think it was done? You said that you got, you got um, the designs in the mail of, of the new outfit change. And mm -hmm. you were putting the, po as much as maybe you didn't like the design, you put the positive spin on it in your mind of, well, if they're sending me these designs, that means they must really want to invest in this character. When did you realize that that wasn't the case? Uh, week two, when I brought up my concerns about trying to optimize the situation, and then nothing was really done. And I just thought to myself, well, I'm going to cross my fingers because now we're on this road. And the other road is I don't want to do business and I could potentially get released for that. That's not a good look. You know, Bully and I would talk all the time about your entrance. Um, and you, you mentioned it, and it's so true. You never did that in front of an audience. It was always in the performance center in front of no fans. And we talked about it was maybe one of the best pro wrestling entrances we had ever seen. And, you know, it's such a shame that we were never able to see that at a WrestleMania in front of 80,000 fans or even in an arena full of 15,000 fans. How frustrating, because you knew it was money. I'm sure you knew it was money. And, and kudos to you. Uh, kudos to Scarlett. Kudos to, to NXT production for making it look as big as it did. Uh, how frustrated are you that you were never able to really bring that to a major and big stage? And honestly, even when given the opportunity to perform in front of fans, they, you never had the opportunity to do it. Yeah, it's disappointing. And, I, and I'll tell you, we, we went to WrestleMania and we watched live, Scarlett and I and, uh, and Raquel and and uh, Zion Quinn and a bunch of people. And we were watching Bray come down the ramp in his entrance. And we were looking at the whole place with everybody there. And for us, that was a spiritual experience because we were deprived of people. You know what I mean? We're, we're coming out of a very difficult time in, in human history. So to see everyone there unified at a WWE event, WrestleMania, we see Bray coming down. We see the whole mood of the place change. We both looked at each other and we were so positive. I said it to her, I was like, I bet you we could be here next year. And it was, it was a feeling we were like, we can hang with this. We can do this. We can maestro this audience. We were so positive we were going to be there. And then for this to happen, um, it's brutal. I won't, I won't, there's no bones about it. It's, it's brutal. And I, I appreciate you speaking with us about it and answering all of these questions as what I believe as honestly as possible. Let's look forward. Where do you see yourself? Where would you like to be? Where would Scarlett like to be? Would you like to stay together? Would you like to go do something separately? Is, is bringing the, the NXT black and gold version of uh, Karrion Cross something that you'd like to move forward with in a different company? Where's your thought process at right now? My thought process is we definitely want to be in large attendances. Uh, we always want to do that. We want to rock the house with as many people in attendance as possible. So wherever that's going to be is exactly where we're going to want to be. And in terms of the next presentation of what we want to do, I 
believe in in a positive way, in a constructive way, in a way that works and in a way that people want to see, continuing to expand of what they've seen. So, and I feel like that's the most intellectual way to go about this because WWE is known for having a very unique ability uh, to present certain types of people. Certain ways that performers are produced in WWE, depending on how they're produced, might not be able to be produced elsewhere. So I wouldn't necessarily want to try to recreate the exact same thing but there definitely are tangible elements that I think we could take anywhere, no matter how we're being produced. And quite honestly, with her and I, uh, we were always very big into natural born killers. And prior to WWE with making Mallory Knox, her and I were doing that at in the Indies and in Mexico and everywhere. And we didn't have the lights. We didn't have the music. We didn't have anything. And people loved everything we were doing. So um, I think that's basically the game plan moving forward. And I think a, a few surprises uh, everywhere with big attendances are, are probably in the immediate future. Are you getting a lot? I'm sure because you said you're a hot free agent right now. Are you getting a lot of feelers out there? Yeah, I, I've been very weary as to whether or not I should put the dates up. I mean, some of them have already been promoted, but uh, I like the idea of surprises. I like the idea of showing up to places unannounced and keeping that element alive and fun for people. So uh, very shortly, uh, probably in the last week of January, I'm going to post everything, but I've got work out the wazoo all the way until uh, until June, and I've left some areas open uh, in the event that uh, something big winds up coming through, or something already has, and I can't say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, when you take your wedding vows, as the old for better or for worse, um, as much as you guys probably might be a little happy that this weight has been lifted off your shoulder. It probably in the beginning was very hard to difficult. It was very difficult for you both to deal with because you both got released at the same time. Has this brought you closer together as a couple and having to deal with, you know, a difficult situation? Her and I have always been very close, like unusually close right off the bat. Like when her and I met, uh, we were almost a little intimidated of each other because there was so much clicking and connecting. It was like, whoa. Um, this kind of just reaffirmed uh, how her and I will always have each other's backs. And the whole mentality of it was like, we were visiting family in New York at the time and I was just dropping off the airport when we got the calls. And so when she got her call, she was five minutes from getting out of the car to go into the airport. We didn't have time to talk about it, but we just looked at each other and I was just like, hey, you know, are you ready to go? And she's like, of course I'm ready to go. She's like, I'm going to put my booking email up right now. And we're going to start getting bookings and we're going to be fine. And I said, all right, cool. And that was just how we, that's how we are. And we're just like so very solution-based. We're not living in a state of avoidance. Yeah, it was, it was unfortunate and upsetting, but we're very much like, how do we improve the situation right away? We're not mopey. We're not, you know, looking to feel bad, you know, for ourselves or anything like that. That's the way her and I are. And that's the way we work best. Um, last question for me, uh, when you look at your future and everything that's ahead of you, did you think it was going to be this wide open? Because like you said, you know, there, there is a little bit of doubt We're we're definitely in flux in the world right now. Did you know that, man, there are so many different opportunities for me out there. Uh, I was pretty blown away. So yeah, the first two months, um, the first two months, my email blew up and it was almost overwhelming how how many people there were to get back to in a good way though. Definitely not complaining. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to the future. That's for sure. I can't wait till February. 
And one last one for me. What is the biggest lesson you have learned from this entire situation? Oh, there have been many, but I'd say the biggest one would be when you know you're right, assert yourself. And uh, sometimes in life, you got to die on your feet. You know what I mean? That's the, there's, there's going to be no way around what is about to happen and to go out on your own terms and not somebody else's. Good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for the time. This was eye-opening in so many different ways. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking to you soon. Don't forget about us because, you know, you're going to be right back up there again. Uh, and like you said, for us as fans, February can't come fast enough. So thank you so much for the time this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Good luck to the both of you. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.